Hello, and welcome to the Fat Boys in the Union podcast, brought to you by Blake Haynes, Derek Imberton, Ryan Barker, and Tanner Crawford. We bring you somewhat factual, observational, and very delusional sports and world takes. We hope you enjoy the journey. Thank you. What's up, everybody? It's Blake Haynes here with the Fat Boys and the Indian. And with me tonight, I've brought, uh, brought along with me, I've brought Derek Emberton and Tanner Crawford. Um, Ray Munger and uh, Ryan Barker couldn't join us tonight, unfortunately. Um, what's been going on, guys? Tanner? Oh, you want uh, me to go? I don't have anything new with me or else I would share, so I'm going to let you have the stage. Well, I'm usually a pretty happy person. Like, as you know, I'm growing a mullet. I mean, you have to be a pretty happy person to grow a mullet, and it's looking pretty fucking good right now. But I got your Snapchat today, by the way, and it looked majestic. It's, I think that would be the word. It's starting to feather and just look amazing. At first, like I didn't think I was going to be able to make it, and now, like when I look at it, I'm like, I can't cut it. Like it just, it's a part of me now. <laughs> it's part about being a dad. You have to have a mullet. I mean, well, I mean, like that's the thing, like it is actually the furthest away from a dad haircut there could be in 2018. You're bringing it back and I, give it like five years. Yeah. Like then I'll have, I'll have uh, six kids by then instead of three. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so Derek, nothing going on then, huh? Nothing, man. Just been hanging out. I'm about the same. I'm about the same. Uh, okay guys, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Uh, NBA awards. You know, coach of the year, MVP, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, uh, most improved, sixth man, and of course, you know, uh, you know, in your opinion of the winners, what was the biggest uh, force in your in your opinion? If I had to say the thing that they screwed up on the most, um, I feel like they they don't get this one right most years anyway, but. I mean, most valuable player. When I mean, when you hear those words, I think nine out of ten or ten out of ten people are going to say it's LeBron James almost every year. Um, now Harden, you know, he did have a great season. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I just but if I you, just think they got that one wrong. If you look at stat to stat, LeBron James fucking annihilated him. He did. But t- and well, I think Harden played ten fewer games, but still, like he had like four hundred more rebounds than Harden, and and his like, double doubles and triple doubles were like fucking crazy. And he shot the same. The craziest thing that stood out to me: LeBron not being a great shooter, he was like dead even in three point percentage with Harden. And Harden takes well, that also that's another thing that comes into factor is Harden takes a lot more threes than LeBron. But I, I thought that was still pretty impressive. It was a, it was almost a uh, Heisman worthy type vote. Uh, I absolutely where it was, agree with that. Where it, like, it's like, he's clearly not the fucking best player in the fucking league. Not even close. Yeah, I, that was the one that I was upset with. What about you guys? Go, you go ahead, Blake. Uh, okay. Uh, I I agree with you that LeBron James should have won the MVP, but I don't think that that's the biggest bust out of all of them. Um, I understand... Uh, you know, if you're looking at a body of work, I mean, some people would argue, you know, well, look what he did and look where the team, you know, got to and blah, 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 blah during the regular season. But Dwayne Casey winning their coach of the year is bullshit. 
Um, you know, Brad Stevens has, you know, one of the youngest teams in basketball. His star player gets hurt. Gordon Hayward, you know, his, his second best player doesn't even really play at all this year. So um, his top two guys are out, and he still takes them, you know, into the playoffs. You know, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. It, uh, it, it's disgusting that Dwayne Casey won it, in my opinion, just because I think, you know, that, that team, you know, I think he completely lost control of that team down the stretch, um, even during the regular season. Uh, it, it was just disgusting. I mean, he can't even control, you know, he can't even control uh, DeMar DeRozan at all, Kyle or Kyle Lowry. So it just, to me, it, it, do the Do the coaches decide that? Do what? I'm sorry. As far as the coach of the year? Yeah. That's a good question. Isn't it like sports writers and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. Like it's pretty, oh, it's sports yeah, writers. It's, it's basically media. I mean, uh, okay. I be, it, it's just – it's crazy. I mean, he's, I, was, I believe he's the second uh, coach ever to win it after being fire, fired. I think Rick Carlisle was the other one. Yeah. But it, you got fired for a reason. You shouldn't be the coach of the year. It, it's terrible. Well, see, that's why I was wondering if it was coaches because I was like, I could understand that like coaches kind of rally together and they're like, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> they, they fucking, you know, number one seed and all that shit. But yeah, um, Mike or, or Golick this morning, I was listening to Golick and Wingo, and he had a pretty good point. I mean, how, how you know anymore when it comes to evaluating NBA coaches, you got, nobody, nobody's right. I mean, it's got to be the worst the worst coaching job in all of sports. Yeah, because they've almost all caught coached for a different team. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> between that, I mean, you can win like Dwayne Casey did and then get fired, or you can, you know, say, be told, hey, we're going to lose, like, you know, happened in Philly, and you get fired because they told you you're going to lose, and you lost. So in public, to make the organization look better, they have to fire you. Like, yeah. what, what kind of crap is that? There's um, another thing I thought that was interesting, guys, about these uh, votes. Um, I was doing a little research about the Defensive Player of the Year award, and I kind of think uh, they kind of got it right with Gobert, but he only played 56 games. Uh, I, I so, disagree with you. I think that Anthony Davis should have won that award. I'm fine with Anthony Davis winning that, absolutely. I think he should have won the award, but I don't think Gobert should have won Defensive Player of the Year. Not to mention Embiid was – I think it went Gobert, Embiid, AD. I think it could have yeah. gone. I think it should have gone Anthony Davis, Embiid, and then Gobert. But that's just my two cents. I'm still puzzled. Yeah. I don't think it's like you guys are talking about the players. Like I'm still think wondering why the fuck the media gets to vote on this shit. That's what I'm wondering. Questions to me. Like I understand they cover a lot of these games and these players, but like Blake yeah. was just saying, the Dwayne Casey thing. Come, come on now. Well, it's just like it's no different than the Heisman. I mean. Eisen voters, media get to vote on that. Yeah, but isn't there a shitload of, like, Hall of Fame-type players that vote on that too, though? Yeah, um, I can't – I honestly, uh, off the top of my head, I can't tell you exactly who all has votes. Um, it, it doesn't matter. In my opinion, with some of the some of the stuff that's been going down, it doesn't matter who's voting because they're wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, it, 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 I don't know. I, I agree with you, Derek, though, when it comes to Gobert. I think that oh, he's overhyped a lot. And I, I, don't, I think it's just because he's a uh, uh, a freak athlete. And it it just – I don't know. Like, for example, you were asking 
you know, with Embiid in that mix. I don't know if I could put Embiid above Gobert, but I think that he's right on Pat. I mean, that, in my opinion, going for that number two spot would be very difficult for me. So, um, yeah. But, uh, no, yeah. And the reason I, I, I know that it's the media um, tanner is because I remember, uh, like, some of the guys always pulling on Brian Windhorst and have him talk up why he's voting for LeBron every year and blah, 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 blah. And the only reason why Brian still has a job is because he follows LeBron everywhere he goes. So, Well, and some of those guys, like, I, you know, especially pertaining to football, when I mean, because I know a lot more about football than NBA, and I just can't imagine the people, the media people voting for, you know, certain players when they only cover a certain team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's fucking that's fucking insane. No, I I I completely agree. Completely agree. Especially when you think about the type of people. Not, I mean, not all journalists, but. If you think about the majority of journalists, they're a bunch of people that didn't play sports in school, and they 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 wouldn't know what it's like to actually play in a game and stuff like that. So you're Should saying, they have? Oh, go ahead, Blake. No, you're all right. Go ahead. Should they have? Uh, like, I had an idea. Like, like a like a a staff of former players and coaches that do the voting instead. I think that would make more sense. Uh, yeah. Or is that not? But, I mean, but finding bias is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's regardless. I mean, you're basically saying like every other organization or corporation, you have a, you know, a a board, and I mean, I mean, what's that to you? Basically, is the way I look at that. Um, but uh, okay, so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna move on, guys. Um, we're gonna throw out some NFL topics, and we'll just uh, kind of go from there. Um. Derek, you got anything from the NFL? Yeah, actually, today I got an update from Bleacher Report that jumped out to me because I think it was a few months back in our group chat um, that I think I threw out some similarities between Patrick Mahomes and Brett Favre, and I think you said I wouldn't go that far, but and then today uh, Tom Bahali was on record saying that. Um, Pat Mahomes reminds him a lot of Brett Favre, so I'm very excited for the next two or three years to see what he can do, and uh, I uh, I'm excited to see downfield passes instead of uh, five yard outs and screens. Yeah. In all fairness, though, like I love Tomba, but I know he's old as fuck. But I don't think he ever really got to witness Brett Favre play, though. I mean, he sure he surely wasn't a part of any of his teams, but I, I just don't I don't know how he can make that comparison if he's never really watched Brett Favre practice, eat, sleep, train. You know what I mean? I mean Tomba was at least in the league with Favre for five years. I mean, but thinking Brett Favre was in the NFC for two of the I mean for most of those years. Uh, yeah, I mean he was only in the AFC the one year with. So the, at most, uh, Tomba yes. probably played against him like two or three times, maybe. So, but I, I, I mean, I can think of film study and that's about the only thing, but I mean, if you, I mean, but if you're just watching tape and he was, I mean, you can certainly see, and that's what you can hope for. And that's what Andy loves. I mean, if you think about Donovan McNabb, that's why Donovan and Andy had such a great relationship and why Donovan, who probably honestly shouldn't have succeeded in the NFL because 
I mean, being from he wasn't even that good at Syracuse, so but I think it's all on Andy. And I think like if any if if you would pick any other Chiefs coach that we've ever had, and we drafted Mahomes, I would be so pissed. I would be like, oh my god, this guy is a fucking air raid quarterback. He threw seventy times a game, but the fact that we have Andy Reid, I mean, I can't I can't doubt that I can't doubt that man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, he does seem to have a uh, a niche, if you will. But, I mean, you do have to remember, though, I mean, he had guys like Doug Peterson and guys like that that molded quarterbacks. I, I, I don't know if uh, everybody wants to give Andy the glory for that. I don't know if I can necessarily be, like, full, you know, full in on that. But I think that there is some value to it. But, see, I'm, he's I'm also but... he's also molded those coaches, though, as well. I mean, look what he's done for Matt Nagy as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you when it comes to that. I'm just saying that overall, I think that he has a part in it. But I would say the assistant coach that you know has, has some as well. Basically. Doug Peterson uh, did him dirty. He went to his old team and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Can you believe that? But they're like father, like with, son, though, man. With I, a backup, with a backup quarterback <laughs> that was on the Chiefs roster that Andy played. And the Chiefs, how? Yeah. Okay. Nick Foles wins the <laughs> Nick Foles wins the fucking Super Bowl MVP, and how do the Chiefs not get a fucking conditional pick out of that? He uh, he signed as a free agent, didn't he? Yeah, like, but he that's how you traded. get that's how you. No, but in the NFL, that's how you get conditional picks. Is if if you can't you can't afford to resign the player, and they walk away to somewhere else, and then depending on how big the contract is, then they usually give you a. Uh, or I guess the success as well, but yeah, you—that's how it kind of goes. You're supposed to get rewarded for your losses. So I mean, come on, I we just—we lost a Super Bowl MVP. How do we not get a third-round conditional pick? I feel like you shouldn't call him a Super Bowl MVP, but he did win it. Exactly, it, like, it doesn't make any sense. If you go by, if you, if you go by the word and the award, we literally lost a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you want to be technical about it, we lost Super Bowl MVP. So the NFL, right. and, they're, and then they won't even let Tardiff be called doctor, so fuck them. <laughs> hey, hey. This is still bugging Tanner. It's, okay, it's only bugging me because I I see all of the plus for it because the NFL, like, like we talked about kind of how negative the NFL is, how many players are into bad shit. And then to see what came out today, you know, the dude they find what was it a dead body in his fucking house or something? Oh, Janoris Jenkins, yeah. So it's like that's that's. I mean, you could you could pray. I mean, let the even if you change the rule to just, I mean, you know, you you talked about turning in the XFL. You literally just put <laughs> you literally just put in the fine print for the rule. If you become a fucking doctor, you can put MD or doctor on your jersey. But any other stipulations will not suffice. What do you guys think about uh, the Janoris Jenkins case? That was pretty wild. When I heard the news, I was just like, what? But see, and the crazier thing uh, about yeah. it was Aaron Hernandez and him were on the same team at Florida, too. Oh, there's probably so many dead bodies fed to Gators. They were, they were talking about hmm. uh, the 2007-2008 Florida Gators are ca- catching so many bodies or something on Twitter. Uh, so... I don't know. I thought it was crazy. Uh, he was at minicamp, though, so I don't know if he would have been around for this incident or whatever happened, but I'm just kind of curious what you guys think might have happened to this guy. 
So you're saying the dead body just wound up in his freezer and he didn't know about it? I don't know where he ended up at. I just I saw he was a 25 year old music producer. I think he was a friend of Joe Norris. Dude, what the fuck? Why is it when you're involved with the NFL or the rap game, you fucking end up in a body bag? Uh, he was 25 too. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Death is everywhere. I don't know. I think there's. I think there's more to it. I think uh, we'll see if it. You know, ever comes to. You know, comes to life. But I think there's more to it. I think. You know that just doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, out of nowhere. I mean, you're not just off at minicamp and they'd be like, "Oh, hey, by the way, we found a dead guy at your house." Like, uh, come on. Did Janoris <laughs> have on. some of his thugs take care of him? Probably. I don't know, man. I'm I'm just it's so intriguing to me. I just I want to know what happened, especially after this whole Hernandez deal. I'm just like, man. Every time there's a murder in the NFL, I'm just like buckled down. Hey, maybe that's why Tebow prays so much because the shit he saw at Florida. Yeah. He's yeah, because these are like these aren't the first people they've killed, dude. Like there were some fucking thug ass people at Florida, and he had to witness all of that, and he failed at showing them the light of Jesus Christ. So now he no Tim Tebow is a serial killer. I'm going on record right now. <laughs> it's all a cover up. <laughs> uh, I do want to jump real quick back to the Nick Foles and his money contract situation comment. Just so we're clear, in 2015, the Kansas City Chiefs paid Chase Daniel 4.8 million dollars, and Nick Foles made four million dollars this year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but. But Chase Daniel, though, is like the most popular backup option in the NFL. No. I don't care. <laughs> I People, don't care. Yeah, I actually didn't. I didn't mind Chase Daniel. <laughs> I mean, it could have been worse. He's, I was just throwing it back to the to the fact that the comment was Nick Foles got paid, you know, in the offseason. He's now a Super Bowl MVP. So there's technically no arbitration hearing. I mean, they. I don't know what 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 that limit or whatever you're talking about is, but – I know what it is for baseball, not so much for the NFL. Now, I know there's like those, uh, like the it's not a Rule Five draft. I can't think of what it's called now. So Andy Reid says Sammy Watkins is becoming a complete wide receiver. I mean, do we believe in that? I think so because the guy is finally getting a chance to play with a top fifteen quarterback and an offense that isn't going to be a top five running offense. He's going to be able to play slot, outside, like anything he wants to do. And he gets to play with, like, Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey, so he's going to have some pressure taken off his shoulders. The only thing, though, is he's – I mean, it's something you can't count on, but he's got to stay healthy for once, though. Yeah. I mean, that is something that is obviously a big concern. I mean, it it would have to be. I mean, he's never – I don't think he's ever played a uh, complete season um, in the NFL. Um, and how do I put this? I think that I almost think that they do something like, you know, how uh, Indianapolis did with Peyton Manning, how they integrate them a little bit. I'm not saying that they're not going to throw the ball around a little bit, just like the Colts did back then. But I think it's almost going to be a little bit more off of, uh, you know, the play action game. Am I, am I crazy to think that? I mean, to be fair, I mean, you do have, you know, Kareem Hunt, I mean, there, like you guys were talking about, I mean, it's not like this guy's a bum. I mean, the dude, you know, led the league in rushing yards last year. So, I mean, 1,327 yards, why not feed him? Well, and his elusive rating was like 30 points higher than the close, next closest person. Exactly. He fucking he fucking annihilated everyone on PFF, PFF this year. 
he was a complete freak. But and see, what's crazy about that though is the Chiefs' line. I would say is at least bottom twelve or so, and they just have to keep feeding and, like you said, to adapt to the play action, kind of like Shanahan had to do with RG three to get him used to the game and open things up, possibly. Yeah, uh, Derek, what do you think about this? Well, I agree with you guys, uh, especially with a quarterback that I'm going to just, you know, he's deemed still a rookie because he's only played one game. Uh, I think play action will definitely come in handy for him, especially, um, especially if the Chiefs early on in the season can run the ball effectively. Uh, play action is going to set up nicely with Tyree Kill and him. Uh, he'll get a chance to really showcase his arm. I know we have seen, you know, film on this guy and watched him play. He's got a cannon. For those of you who haven't seen him play, if his receiver gets a step on the corner or safety, it's over. Like, it's a touchdown. Well, I got to say, though, like, and I don't mean, like, 90s-style play action. I'm talking, like, four wide still and, like, fake read option type stuff. Because, like, as we saw in, like, the Broncos game last year, Andy had him four or five wide the entire fucking game. And that's what he knows, and that's what he's good at. And I don't think Andy's stupid enough to throw him under center, center all game. No, but, but I think there will be certain situations that he'll go under center and he'll do fine. But well, I agree. And we run you. a lot he'll, of we run a lot of pistol though too. So that's pretty much under center for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, I think you almost have to you know incorporate that and and think about it like you were saying. Uh, if he's not a guy that is naturally good at doing that. I mean, I know some people may think how, you know, minute of a change that may be, but honestly for a football player, I mean, that's, that's like putting on your pants backwards. Yeah. Taking five and seven step drops for the first time in your life against six foot three, 300 pound D tackles coming after you. Well, Von Miller and Khalil Mack, you know, whatever. I mean, you don't have you in today's game. I mean, with the you know the edge rushers and stuff like that. I mean, you don't really have the time to take a seven step drop anymore. I mean, it, it's just non-existent almost. Well, it's uh, just it's just like how I'm I'm so high on uh, Baker Mayfield for the Browns, but you know, so far in camp, I've heard that they've been running a lot, uh, like trying to see what he can do under center, and they're like, yeah, it's Tyrod's team right now. I'm like, well, yeah, you have this dude who's probably never under center except for kneels and spikes. And uh, that's not what he's meant to be. Just like Mahomes, he's not. And just like Peyton, when he went fucking bonkers for Denver, he was hardly ever under center. He was shotgun every fucking time. Is that going to become the norm eventually in the NFL? I mean, I know we have guys that are under center a lot, you know, like, but eventually is the spread just going to take over the NFL? I mean, there's always been a few cases that are already happening now. So. Well, they're starting to show that you can run out of the spread, though. It's basically turning think... it, it's almost on on the path to becoming the fucking Big 12. <laughs> That's a good point. It's it, it's all about the passing game, pretty much. Yeah, the passing game opens up the running game. See, yeah, but I, I still think that there's – I mean, Bill Belichick has proven, like, when you get into the playoffs, you have to have that ability to do it. And if you, you know, basically sell out for this spread throat around offense, a.k.a. the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, where is that going to get you? Because it hasn't gotten them very far. I think some of that might be on Tomlin because when if I have Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, that guy, he – it's so fun to watch him run behind his offensive line because he'll sit, he'll sit there and wait for a second and a half and then he'll just go and then wait and then go. 
It pisses He's incredible. Me. It pisses me off because you know what that reminds me of? The playoff game? Yeah. No. Uh, that's what it reminds me no. of anyway because we couldn't stop him. What Le'Veon Bell's running style reminds me of. What's that? That's the shit Colin Klein did all the time. <laughs> you, mean, hot... you mean Le'Veon's older brother? Dude, it would piss me off so bad because that tall-ass motherfucker would just sit there behind the line just waiting. And I'm like, oh, my God, someone fucking tackle him. It's so frustrating, but there's really not a whole lot you can do with it, though. It's, it's like, perfect. Let the defense dictate where you're going to go. If that guy's going to go inside, okay, we'll go outside. He's going to go outside, go up that scene. I mean, it's frustrating for defenses, but it's fun to watch as a fan. Absolutely. Uh, to the last little pitch on the NFL that I've got is uh, Saquon Barkley. Gets his, uh, gets his first big paycheck, buys his parent in the house. What do we think about it? You know, I think that's pretty normal. Uh, just did it, did it say just how his much? parents' house. Well, yeah. Uh, that's... I I can't remember. I know it, it, in photos it looked like a mansion. Pretty. Oh, I mean, shit. It's, ridi- it's ridiculous. It's a nice home. Uh, I think that's. I don't know what a lot of rookies buy their parents or significant others when they get that first paycheck, but I think that's a good thing. I mean. Uh, Hopefully it's both his mom and dad because it seems like a lot of these guys that get drafted, <clears throat> uh, regardless of where they come from, it's like it's basically one parent or the other. So uh, I'm cool with it at all. I mean, it's not like he bought his mom and dad like four Lamborghinis or something. So, Well, we didn't look inside the garage. There might be. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't blame the guy. I mean, especially I don't know how what his upbringing was like, but it's I mean – when you, I mean, it's kind of like when I first got my first job, like I went out and got a car because it's like I had an 89 Toyota for the longest time and I wanted something that didn't smell like ass when I started it. But I can't imagine, you know, getting millions and millions of dollars and, you know, not trying to possibly give back to the people who supported you most, you know. Um. No, absolutely. I, I... I get it to a certain extent. I think it is a little bit probably much, in my opinion. Um, you must hate your parents, don't you? No, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Um, but it, it, I guess it was something that they had said that he had promised his uh, parents, you know, a long time ago or whatever. But he, here's the deal. Um, you know, 78% of NFL players go broke. And this is exactly why, you know, the next ooh, thing. Ooh, ooh, yes, yes. You're talking about, we're talking about like now other family members and friends are going to start leeching off them, right? No, I'm just talking about in general, 78% of NFL players go broke because they're stupid with money. And the next thing we know, he's going to be, you know, driving around in his six different cars that are all, you know, Lambos or, you know, these exotic cars that he can afford now. But, See, uh, I'm st- I'm, do you happen to know like the time frame on that on that statistic? Because uh, I I feel like I I feel like now they're a lot smarter about investing. Like there's a lot more players that are buying you know franchises and buying part of their community and whatnot. Well, it uh it looks like the 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 story that I did some research, which was an AP article, so Associated Press. It came out in October of last year with the 78%. So, 
Um, it's pretty recent. I mean, I know that some are, and I think that some have hired good advisors. Like I know that Marshawn Lynch has been really good with his money. Um, Rob Gronkowski, guys like that. Um, yeah, because those guys live off their bonuses, but then they don't. They don't even touch their salary. Correct. That's yeah. like that's what yeah. Jordy Nelson does, from what I've heard. He doesn't live off his salary. He just lives off bonuses, and he's buying all this farmland in Kansas from uh, what I've heard. So, well, and what you you gotta listen, you gotta think about though too, like. A lot of those guys, they uh, their salaries, I mean, and their uh, endorsements. Like, a lot of those guys could just – like Tiger Woods, he could have just lived off his fucking uh, Nike endorsement for the rest of his life and not had to ever play in a single fucking tournament. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying that that's not true as well. I'm just saying, like, it's it's the 78% isn't the smart one. So you will always hear about the smart one. You hear about, you know, yeah. uh, the Gronks well, and the Jordy Nelsons. You hear about those guys. Well, I'm just saying that I think a lot of this is possibly from, like, older generations when they made a 50th of what they make now, and those are the dudes that were fucking shooting up, snorting up before games and living it up. Like, I mean, like the LTs and people like that that just went fucking ham on everything. And then, you know, the, but they weren't making shit compared to what they make now. Like, yeah. if I was – like, especially – like those kind of guys, the Deion Sanders and people like that, like I honestly would have – I mean, they say they say it's really hard once you leave the league because that's all you think about. Like nobody really cares about you anymore. But I don't think I could sleep at night knowing that being – like, you know, like if I was LT, I'd be making like $15 million a year right now. But instead he probably made fucking pennies compared to what he should be making, you know? Well, and I mean that's – I mean that's going to continue to happen. I mean we're – and it doesn't just matter but, about one sport. Yeah, but but you got to think though the inflation over the last twenty years isn't what it's been like the last five years though. You got to yeah. think you could buy a new car. When my mom was eighteen years old, she bought a brand new fucking car for four grand. God, that must be nice. Yeah, exactly. You know, my mom's like, you know, when I turned eighteen, I moved out of the house and bought a car. Yeah, but a new car wasn't seventeen thousand dollars; it was four. That's insane to think about. I bought my use. I bought a two thousand four Ford Ranger for ten thousand dollars. It had 130,000 miles on it. Like, I, I, I understand. That's insane. I, I, like, I understand. Like, I know there's probably, a, like, you see on Instagram and Twitter and all shit, these guys are buying fancy-ass shit. But I'm just saying that I, I don't think the, like, for, like, LT's sake, I feel like the inflation in his time was fucking insane no. compared to what these guys are doing now. 100%. I can't argue that point. But, I mean, it's not just, like, the big things that everybody sees, like, you know, the, the houses and the cars and stuff. I mean, let's take it – Think of something that's very, uh, very uh, noticeable to a certain extent, but you don't really think about. Think about those uh, diamond gold plated, you know, chains that they've got and the Mm -hmm. fucking watches that they wear. I mean, you've got those, uh, you know, that stuff. I mean, think about that. I mean, thousands of thousands of dollars. And and, and to them, it's like nothing. It's like, here, you might as well take it because I'm going to buy six of these. And it's just stupid. The only thing I can, the only thing, like, the only thing that pisses me off is when they buy, like, I understand you want a big house and stuff, but when they buy the houses that have, like, 10 bedrooms and 20 bathrooms, that's yep. the shit I don't understand. Like, I mean, if you want to buy a fancy-ass car and stuff, like, dude, that, you know, but then you, it, I mean, a lot of times you see, you know, a couple years later, they bought this mansion for $7 million, and now they're asking one and a half. I'm with Blake on this, too. Um Something kind of struck a nerve with me when he was talking about, like, these gold chains and jewelry. 
Personally, <laughs> I've never been a fan of jewelry, so these guys that spend millions of dollars on that stuff, I'm just like, you are an you are a complete idiot. Like, it does nothing for you except maybe get a few people to look at your wrist or neck or whatever you're wearing. I just I can't call him an it idiot. Could go to, but it, I call him it an could asshole. Go to better use for. I look at that stuff and I'm just like, dude, you're an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. how about you donate that to charity for some kids or something? You know, <laughs> but that's just my yeah. thoughts on that. That or that or just invest or do something that's going to prolong, you know, throughout a, you know, a lifetime. Or I mean, we could go with the, you know, the when we were in high school, a, a big, a big, uh, I don't know, a, a big jewelry piece, I guess, was grills. I mean, how stupid was that? I mean, are you it, telling me you it, didn't wear them? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, legitimately. I mean, how dumb was that? I mean, these guys pay. Most of them, at least, pay all this money to have, you know, their dental work done and all this stuff and have good teeth. And then you go and buy this, you know, $25,000, you know, this is just obviously a cheap, a cheap, you know, price, obviously, you know, $25,000 grill to stick over the, all this great dental work that I have. That's That's a great idea. Is, did it's you really easy, do some easy. research on that for that cost of grills? Because I never even looked that up. I have no idea. I just threw out a number. I think if, it's uh, really... I think okay, it's really ahead, easy. Yeah. I think it's really easy though to to judge them like that when we, you know, when their uh, gold chains cost as much as we make it here. But at the same time, like I can't imagine going going to work and you're working with a whole bunch of millionaires and they're all pulling up a nice shit and you. I mean, it'd be hard not to want to show up every day looking fresh. And especially, well, you, I mean, you got to think though too, like in the African American community shoes and stuff like that are i mean that's really big to them you know what i mean shoes and uh hats are like really big to them whereas like me i have whole like i walk you know five six miles a day and uh, my pinky toes are sticking out of both my shoes right now well and i I will say that uh you know whatever i think every individual has something that's important to them and and whatever i mean if you have that kind of money more power to you, but I don't want to hear it, you know, five years after, you know, your last year, Andre Ryzen, you're broke. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear how, you know, you get 16 paychecks a year because your 16 paychecks are, you know, one of those is more than I make in an entire year. So uh, you made more in a week than I made in a whole year. So good for you. Uh, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I did actually get, there was a, uh, I got super into this last year. There was a – he was drafted – he was, like, 18 years old. He was drafted by the Denver, Denver Nuggets, like, 15 years ago. He was, like – he was, like, seven foot, had, like, long blonde hair. And now he was, like, a uh, bouncer for some drug gang. And they uh, – I was reading about – I can't remember. I have no idea what his name was, but I just could not stop looking. He bought, like, a $3 million house. He bought him, like, a Hummer when he first got the money. But, of course, now he's, like, broke and, you know – addicted to drugs and whatnot but he uh i guess his house was like so bad like they found thousands of bullet holes and stuff in the basement and like he his in his garage he never took out the trash so like the garage was literally to the ceiling to the floor of black trash bags full of trash dude when you're that rich you could just pay someone to take your trash out for you well that was like the only thing he owned like he had it he had nothing else and then uh like if you, I can't remember his name, but if you look it up, dude, if you look at his toilets and his sinks and stuff, 
and there's just like puke and like it's just it's the fucking nastiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like I said, I mean it, it it's just crazy. I mean, then now it looks like the NFL and leagues are investing into, you know, financial advisors as they're, you know, going through the draft processes and stuff like that, which I think is good, but you know, it, it's only good if somebody buys into it and I think I know you want to do do, you know, right by your parents and stuff like that. I would, you know, I can't say that I wouldn't do it, um, but I think that I would at least, you know, have the sustainability and thought process of, hey, let me get into the league and let me establish myself and then everybody can know my worth. I mean, let, let's put it this way. I mean, we, he's a running back. The league doesn't pay running backs anymore. Just go ask Le'Veon was- Bell. That was my first thing when you said that. It was like, oh god, he's he's the wrong position to be spending money that fast. Yeah, I honestly I mean, didn't even not, think about that. Yeah, he, he's not he's not a you know a high profile wide receiver or you know a, a left tackle you know or anything like that. He's not going to get paid like that. So he may top out. His highest contract may honestly be you know eight to nine million dollars if he's lucky. <laughs> if he's lucky, lucky bastard. Oh man, so, dollars. <laughs> I mean, com- comparing, comparing, obviously. No, I understand, um, but you know, but if this was ten years ago, he'd be making triple that to the market value. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're because he's because right. he's a freak, but the NFL just doesn't care about you being a freak at running back anymore. No, because I mean, at this point in time, if you look at it, they've got three guys that are, you know, maybe not at the same caliber, but all three can get the job done now, and that's why they're like, well, you know, look at Atlanta for for Christ's sakes. I mean, granted, that's maybe a bad example since they have the number two overall uh, paid running back in Devontae Freeman, but I'll, I, okay, so Le'Veon Bell, obviously, you know, with the franchise tag stuff like that, is the highest paid at fourteen point five million dollars. If you had a guess, I just told you Devontae Freeman's at 8.3. I want you to tell me who the next three running backs are, so three through five, and approximately what they make. Three through five? Yeah. You want to go, Derek? <sighs> don't tell us, Don't tell us, Blake. I'll have, have Derek guess, and then I'll guess. Okay, so give uh, me number three. I- I'll, if I'll, uh, okay, I'm gonna have to just throw out Shady McCoy. Is he is he up there? He is at three. All right, Tanner, you got the next one. Damn it, that was my guess. Um, but but did you have a price quote of what he makes? You think? Uh, he probably makes like four point two, four point three. Eight million dollars. Holy shit. Um. Fuck. Um, or any oh god it can't be because they have the bargaining agreement dude I have no idea number four is Saquon Barkley that's so, yeah, incredible it, it'd be the rookie contract 7.8 million dollars you know who should be making that right now David fucking Johnson <laughs> complete monster Do you play bull- fantasy football draft him this year not even in the top ten well, yeah, because he was, he was like a third-round pick or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Which is, and then number, number five is Jarek McKinnon, who just signed oh, uh, with yeah. the 49ers. He makes uh, 7.5. But, I mean, the, the price differential, so say you're at two with Devontae Freeman, you know, at 8.3. Number 10 is Carlos Hyde. And like I told you, I mean, if Saquon, I, I forgot how much he signed his rookie contract for, obviously. But I said 
you know, a good a good contract for a running back is anywhere to seven, eight, nine million dollars. He's making seven point eight now. So Carlos Hyde is at ten, right? So if you're the tenth best, you know, highest paid running back in the league, you make five point one million dollars. That's insane. Well, what's the so, lifespan on a running back? Five years, maybe. Well, uh, as a starter now, it's like maybe two to three, two to four, unless of course you're the Adrian Peterson, Lev Bell type player that gets kind of you know they can stand out and be a part of a franchise. Yeah, I mean, it, it just uh, it it like I said, it's not a glorified position. Nobody pays it anymore. Well, basically, um, all it did was change. It used to be. You paid quarterbacks and running backs, but now you pay your quarterbacks and wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, for example, so we're, we're talking about this. So the number – there's there's a couple of people tied at nine when it comes to wide receivers. Um, Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, and Allen Robinson all make the same amount of money, and this is not number nine, right? They all make $14 million. So they all make about as much money as Le'Veon Bill does, the best running back in the league. Got, By the way, Sammy Watkins makes $16 million. And he's going to prove it this year why he's getting paid $16 million. But I'm just saying, I mean, the price differential is crazy. Does Devontae Adams deserve to be paid as, as much as Le'Veon Bell at 14.5? No. Does Jarvis Landry deserve $15.98 million? No. Let's see, I, mean, I, re- I don't – some of those have uh, circumstances I think aren't – like. Jarvis Landry having to play with Ryan Tannehill, that Ryan Tannehill for the past three years has not should not have been a starting quarterback. So I think Jarvis Landry's Jarvis Landry's a fucking badass, and I think he's going to show it with Tyrod this year, unless of course he gets upstaged by someone better than him being Josh Gordon. But to go yeah. back, to go back to that Le'Veon Bell though, I mean you got to think that's a tag though, like it's kind of like uh, Kirk Cousins. I mean you're always going to get yeah it is a tag yeah you're going to get higher than what you're supposed to be getting, but yeah. I'm just saying. So, so put it put it to this effect, and so take that 14.5 out. So don't even look at that. Zach Ertz makes more money than the second highest paid running back in the league, and he's the fifth highest paid tight end. Because it's a passing league, man. I was just gonna say that makes kind of sense. So it that has something to do with it, doesn't it? Though the way the league's trending towards uh, more of this throwing the ball instead of old school running the ball. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that i'm just saying that it, it just to me it baffles me how uh, how dominant a player Le'Veon bell is and some of these other guys are and i i mean it's honestly just blatant disrespect i think you know what's really crazy i was pulling up you guys all right blake you pulled up the top paid receivers i uh yeah. pulled up top paid quarterbacks and you just mentioned Le'Veon bell what i think is crazy is like a guy like joe flacco his annual salary for 2017-18, 22 million dollars, dude. He'll like, be gone after this year, though. I, I, I'll, yeah. I would rather pay someone like I know, I know it's risky. But like I'd rather see like Le'Veon Bell get that kind of money compared to Joe Flacco because like he doesn't do anything. Like he's <laughs> trash. He is trash. No, uh, I mean he gets paid more than Aaron Rodgers. Oh my goodness, he makes more than Aaron Rodgers this past year. Like, how is that? He right? probably. He probably has the last couple of years because he signed that contract after they won the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness, that is just oh, wow. I also don't think Matt Ryan deserves thirty million either, but we won't go into that. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's uh, something. We'll put it that way. 
Well, uh, it, I think it goes back to, like, for me personally, if the Chiefs can't win a Super Bowl with uh, Mahomes on his rookie contract, I don't think they ever will. Because that's anyway, the way it's going is, you know, like Russell Wilson, the year Seattle was best was when Russell was on his rookie contract and they could afford to pay all the chancellors and all those guys. Well, that's why if you're a New Orleans Saints fan, uh, uh, I do have a couple buddies that are from Missouri Western, and they're like, I don't understand why we can't win. And I was like, well, you pay uh, Drew Brees gobs of money, yep. and now you pay, are going to have to pay Michael Thomas gobs of money. You end up running out of cap space to pay people gobs of money, and that's just the way it is. It, yeah, you, I mean, you, you find your all-star, but you can't surround the all-star because the all-star wants too much goddamn money. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very factual. I mean – uh, that's why I, I think that my Vikings here in the next couple of years after this amazing signing that we have, Kirk Cousins, by the way, the Vikings are winning the Super Bowl. Um, what year are they going to win it, though? I think we win it next year. This upcoming season? Yes. Okay, who do you guys beat in the Super Bowl? I want to hear this. <laughs> who do we beat in the Super Bowl? You know, I honestly think that uh, just the way everything's going in New England, I think that they're kind of – I don't think they make it back this year, but you know it's it's kind of difficult to say. Um, man, uh, honestly, Chargers. See, I don't. Uh, I, they're I don't so, believe they're supposed to make the Super Bowl every fucking year. The last three years, because their defense has slowly been getting better in every year. Chargers are going to win the AFC West. Chargers are going to win big Super Bowl. Never. Happened. What about like who besides the Steelers and the Patriots? Who is the a favorite in the AFC, even like. See, I think I think the AFC this year is going to be the biggest. Uh, it's kind of a crapshoot in my mind. Like I think I know every analyst is going to tell you the New England Patriots, but I just, you know, I I don't see it. I guess this year. I mean, Edelman still suspended, hasn't been overturned. Um, Cooks is gone. You know, I just I don't see it there. There's not enough offensive firepower. I know that Brady has made. You know, guys like Troy Brown look good, but I just don't see I don't see it happening this year. They still um, got Chris Hogan and then they drafted Sony Michelle, who probably is one of the more dynamic running backs in the class this year. Yeah, I mean that is true. You, I'm not gonna, you know, say they don't have anybody on offense, but at the same time, I'm not a believer in Chris Hogan. Um I wasn't one of those guys that you know, bought into him during fantasy football last year. Uh he's really uh, outside of him, what other wide receiver do they have? Uh, Amendola left. Correct. So I don't even. Know. Edelman suspended. Well, before game for four games though. So it's pretty yeah. much Gronk is the only other target that's meaningful. Who will be hurt in week seven or eight? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm sure they'll make some crazy trade though. Or uh, I mean, I'm... or they'll discover someone magical, in in camp, and that guy's gonna be a bargain. And Kerry yeah, I mean, Myers coming out of retirement. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know how sort of a lease that Bill has with running backs. I mean, I, I, that dude is, I think, uh, an electric, you know, electric freak when it comes to, uh, you know, carrying the ball and doing, you know, doing great things with it in his hands. However, his first fumble, he's not going to play for two games, just like LeGarrette Blount, just like, you know, Stephen Ridley and all these other guys who came before him. Lawrence Maroney, you remember when he was supposed to be a stud there? Didn't happen. Oh, God, I forgot about him. I so mean, who are some other teams that have a chance to make it, though? 
Like, I'm trying I to mean, think. Everybody talks about the Steelers every year. Honestly, I think I think this is the year of the surprise. I think that the what? Cleveland Browns are going to be a lot better than what a lot of people think. Yeah. What about the um, What about the Raiders or Texans? I'm just throwing out names. Like, could any of those teams do anything? Get to the playoffs and just well, the Texans, on fire. The Texans make it. Like the Texans are going to make if JJ Watt can stay healthy and Deshaun Watson was hands down when healthy the best quarterback in the league last year. Like if you uh, go if you go by uh, his adjusted offense, he was a fucking monster. To be fair, I think you know the more and more I think about it, I wanted to say their name at the beginning. I don't have a whole lot of faith in their quarterback, but I think the Vikings will end up playing the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. See, that's another team that I would be. I could see just getting there because the defense they have is ridiculous. Yeah, they they play you know the game, you know an old school game like we kind of what we were talking about the leagues going away from. I mean. Like Bortles under center or under center quite a bit. I mean, you got Leonard Fournette. You've got weapons on the outside. Um, I, I I don't know. As long as he doesn't, you know, throw games away. Basically, uh, he did a decent job of that last year, just being a game manager. And I think that they continue to do that with him. And plus, I mean, Tom Coughlin's Tom Coughlin. That's a very good point. Uh, I could see Jacksonville making it back. Speaking of uh, making it back, I'm going to make my way back to the toilet. Um, Blake, good job hosting. Derek, good job. Not uh, flushing the toilet 20 times again like usual, but fellas, good episode. To the fans, thank you, and uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks.